a live action role playing game. LARPing. LARPing. I said we should talk about man chowder on the podcast. <laughs> man Hello and welcome to the new episode of Game On, the podcast that discusses gaming and nerd culture from a gay perspective. I, as always, am your host, Mark Waters, my co-host, Stephen Garcia. Hey, girl, hey. And our third co-host, Adam. Hi, friends. <laughs> Hello, friends. Why that's so cheery? <laughs> Won't you be my neighbor? No. <laughs> so, as always, we're going to start by talking about what we're playing currently. So, Adam, why don't you start? Well, what I've been playing is a big fat zero. I have a reason, though. Okay. Well, and I have been playing my shitter games, of course. Right. But as far as, like, console, what I normally play, I haven't played anything because I went to the AT&T store recently, um, and I have U-verse cable, uh-huh. and AT&T now bought DirecTV, and they convinced me to switch my U-verse cable to... DirecTV uh-huh. at like all this discount and so they're coming tomorrow morning to install the DirecTV and I'm losing like everything on my DVR. Oh no. So I have been sucked into watching all of the shows that I have recorded. Oh, emergency watching? Yes. Oh my god. Because <laughs> god forbid you would have to watch them on Hulu and watch commercials. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. So I've been watch- catching up on all of my shows. Um, What's taken the priority? Uh, Scandal. I had to finish Parks and Recreation because it was the final season. Uh-huh. Um, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, I'll talk more about it in a later segment. A later segment. Okay. So um, I have been uh, plugging away at um, Marvel Lego. And I realized that one of the things about it that I don't like about the game is that now I'm at this point where having to replay the levels is a drag. You think? In the I free play? So. In the free play, yeah. Oh my god, the free play is my favorite part. No, because I have to go over them again because I didn't get every oh. single thing. And then you have to pay attention to, like, mm-hmm. yeah. what is that thing over there? Oh, right. crap. Oh, it's but you glowing. Know, but you know, once, like, if you're trying to get, like, one mini kit, yeah. once you get it, you can just stop and then stop playing oh, the level. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought you had to play you through the You don't have whole to finish game. the level. It saves, oh. it saves right away. Once oh, you get what god. you're looking for, you stop, exit the level, and save it, uh-huh. and it will and it will just go. It'll show you the where yep. they all come together. Exactly. And, oh, good. That's good to know. That'll yep. save me a lot of time. A lot of time. I just heard that after, like, I'm sick of this boss fight. Oh, yeah. wait. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to do it. And if you get the, the red bricks that have the... Um, to the, like mini kit finders oh. that will help you yes. find everything. Right. I I now know what the Deadpool bricks are because I've been slowly but surely uncovering the little side missions like mm-hmm. where you get Doctor Strange and all those and I'm like, "Oh, these are where the red I got it." Okay. Yeah. That's different than any of the other Lego games that I've yes. played. And yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Cuz you can play, you know, against Kingpin and you get Daredevil and Elektra and Bullseye and mm-hmm. you know, it's a fun way to get these other cool characters. Yeah, I actually think those um, bonus levels are the funnest part of the game. I agree. They're... Howard the Duck. I mean, <laughs> who knew Howard the Duck was going to be one of the characters you could get? With the vulture? With the vulture of all <laughs> like, random. You know, Well, a duck and a vulture. You know. And I'm actually surprised that they didn't do a Guardians of the Galaxy bonus level. Because it, the game came out pretty soon before the movie, so I thought they would have maybe tried to promote it a little. Uh, hmm. But you, I mean, you get the characters, but that's basically it. Um, so the second game that I'm playing 
is uh, I started Devil May Cry mm-hmm. because, um, and Steven will explain, but I got Steven's PS3 copy because remember last time he said that his friend sent him the Devil May Cry for PS4. Ah, yes. Definitive edition. The definitive edition. And so uh, thinking that, you know, we might pick that up, Mm -hmm. I wanted to know what the game was really about. Because I have watched the first one played by the Rad Brad on (laughs) um, YouTube. Mm -hmm. And um, that's how I knew that Dante was such a hot piece of ass. Yeah. Was by watching. So the PS4 version, you get like the abs in 1080p. Oh, <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> oh, that's a good reason to get it. So um, I just started it today, mm-hmm. and I I think I I must have played it for like three hours. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait. It's not the it's not the kind of game that you can um, put down for a couple of weeks and then come back to it. It's just too intricate. So mm-hmm. on that note. Steven, what are you currently playing? Well, you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm playing the DMC Double May Cry Definitive Edition for PS4. Mm-hmm. It's also on Xbox One. Um, and it graphically, it looks pretty close to the PS3 one, but like a little bit better, but it runs a lot smoother. So it's the same game as the PS3 release with yeah. all the like All the DLCs. DLC? Are, okay. Yeah, that's all included. Uh, they added some new stuff. Uh, one of the DLCs is a whole Virgil story. Oh, called Virgil's Downfall. And Virgil is his blonde twin brother. Yeah, not white-haired. It's like platinum. Platinum blonde. Yeah. He's hot too. Yeah. Are well, they identical? They're twins. I, they're just twins. They don't look identical. Well, like obviously Virgil grew up with money, and then Dante is like more the gutter one. Well, I think I <laughs> Wait, think of it as a little bit deeper than that. So their parents are an angel and a demon. Mm-hmm. Oh. Their mother is an angel. So they're basically a yin yang. Yeah. They're 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 like a demon angel crossbreed or hybrid, or whatever. Uh, yeah. So oh, that's how they have half their powers. Breed. Yeah, they could half, half breed. Half <laughs> breed. That's right. a share that's a share that's song, share. frankly. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the they actually have a sort of similar color scheme, like Ava, their mother, as the angel is sort of associated with blue. And their father, who is um, the demon, Spart- Spartan. They call him Spartan with a D. Sparta. Sparta. That's right. Yeah. Sparta with a D. Um, and the reason I say with a D is because I kept thinking they were saying Sparta, and until it's, I saw it written, it's not God of War. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, and he's associated with the color red. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, as much as I'm loving the game so far, I do have to say my one pet peeve is when this is going to sound ridiculous when they have incorrect grammar in their script do you th- is it like japanese translation errors no idea who would know well i think the the people that made this one it, it's the company called ninja theory uh-huh. he, yeah, uh, he and i think it. they're european well he, he and i and him and me there's very specific uses for those. I'm just saying, it, it stuck out to me, and I counted oh, yeah. three so far in the game. Yeah. Well, you know, that's Dante is the one that he pretty much grew up on the streets. No, no, I know. Right? It's, and, no, but two of twice, his brother his says brother, it. Oh. <laughs> but what, I guess what I'm saying is, if I were an actor in the studio recording this, I would want to say, you know, this English is not correct. It, this, it should be, you know, my brother and me. Oh, you know right. what I mean? But most of the time, really, people don't really 
care. care. I know, yeah. they don't care. They just want their fucking paycheck. Yeah, don't dude. shit. <laughs> They're talking like how people normally talk. Well, I'm a perfectionist, I'm sorry. People normally talk. Yeah. They're wrong. Yeah, people are wrong, but that's how they talk. <laughs> so what makes this the definitive edition? Are you surprised they use that title? Not really. I think that, didn't they use the same title with Tomb Raider? Yeah, when I they didn't play the definitive edition. It's just re-released for the next-gen console. That's just what they're calling it. Is this the latest Tomb Raider game? Yeah. Oh, they, that, they that re- looked like a lot of fun. They re-released it for the next-gen. And it just runs more smoothly. Yeah, and I think I, I think you get all the DLCs on that one, too. Oof. I don't remember, but they had, they had a lot. Well, you'll have to be sure to tell me what DLC... I just burped, too. But mine was quiet. I was just clearing my throat. <laughs> sure. You'll hey, have to Mom. tell me... You'll have to... I know, I'm in a total fucking mood. <laughs> I stayed up too late last night. Um, you'll have to tell me what DLC is worth buying for, uh, the, for DMC. Because I do... I'm willing to buy some um, the, the DLC. The Virgil Downfall is like a whole story, and that's like almost two hours on its own. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good. And then uh, it has... You could replay that all, like... It has a good in, re- in the replay. same way, because yeah. after you pass every level, they grade you on how many yeah. keys you found or how many doors you it's opened. Same thing. How many souls you helped free? All that shit. How much? How Adam? How far did you get in the game when you tried to play it? I only played a demo before it came out. Oh. Um, it was like a downloadable from like PSN or something, and I. So I didn't actually play very much of it. I loved the cold open of this game. And it's still the same, right? He's mm-hmm. still picking up those two hookers. and Yeah, he picks up two hookers. Bangs and them. They leave. Wait, Virgil he, or Dante? Dante. Dante. He, he gets like a door knock. Uh, it's his, this girl named Cat, who's like a psychic medium. Mm-hmm. And she's warning him. But he opens the door like naked. Walks out naked. <laughs> and just doing like just talking to her. And he's like, what? What, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> And he gets pulled into limbo. All of the uh-huh. gameplay happens in limbo. Okay, that's what I was going to ask too. Because, mm-hmm. like, it, is it like a limbo version of Earth? Yeah, or yeah, is yeah, it yeah. A completely different. It's, like, it's a limbo version of the space that he's actually occupying at the time. So when he at the beginning he's at an amusement park, uh-huh. and when he gets pulled into limbo, it's like a terrifying, twisted version of that. It's oh, got little spiders everywhere that are that, that, easy kills. Which that, I guess is, isn't this sort of like what Silent Hill is? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like that. The actual city uh-huh. is out to get you too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you have to cool. fight against like random stuff happening like the, the, the city's throwing at you. Buildings So you're on like on Earth, you. but it's like an alternate Earth. Yeah. Like yes. over... Limbo. You're between yeah. heaven and cool. hell. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And uh, she is a small medium at large. Mm-hmm. She can't... <laughs> Small? Do they say that? No, no. <laughs> it's just an old joke. It's an old joke. She's <laughs> she's part of a terrorist organization that's run by Dante's brother, I got it. and so you could say that she's on the run. And she is very petite. Mm-hmm. So cool. She's cool. The more the more you play the game, the more you start to like her. She's really cool. Yeah, she's fine. Uh, she's just very. Her outfit is extremely sexualized. You know, she's got the short shorts. Um. Well, this is it's a, actually not that bad compared to the past Devil May Cry games. Oh, yeah, really? I was going to say, well, this is like, a, it's Japanese, so I'm assuming it's sort of like the same extreme Bayonetta type of... No, no, not that no, bad. no. She's just wearing short shorts and a hoodie. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's not. It's actually not that bad. The original Devil May Cry, it was a girl named Trish, and she was pretty much wearing a corset and leather pants, and she looked like a straight-up whore. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, guns. that's what I wear when I go to kill demons. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so I get... So, in an earlier podcast, I had asked you when I was talking about Bioshock um, if it's important to play the, the previous games. And um, there's a person that I sing with 
who's also a gamer. And when I told him that I was going to start playing it, he was adamant that I play the previous games first. Hmm. Well, ain't nobody got time for that. I, yeah. You know, Hell no. you don't really need to. Like you could. They're really fun. They're good games. Mm-hmm. But this one, that actually has a good story. The other ones were like, it's fun gameplay, but the stories were kind of cheesy. Mm-hmm. They're still kind of... Cool, but the graphics because I have to say that I'm pretty spoiled on graphics now that it's hard to go back to an older game yeah. that you're just yeah. like this looks like shit uh-huh. the, like Devil May Cry 1 and 2 looked great 3 he looked kind of weird but it was still a cool game mm. hmm. but this new one like he looks hot wait but, a second isn't Devil isn't this Devil May Cry 3 this is like a prequel this one is it's a reboot Oh, oh, yeah, so DMC is a reboot. So I'm on the ground floor. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to play. And the then people games. will get pissed off because they see Dante and you see him with black hair, and and most of the time Dante has white. Uh-huh. But as you play through the game, his hair starts to go patches of white. Hmm. That's hot. Yeah. yeah. So kind of like by the end of the game, he's like the Dante that we know. Well, oh. and that's exactly what they yeah. did with the Tomb Raider too. It was just sort of like a restart reboot, of yeah. the yeah. series, but, hey, we, which they needed. We can reboot James Bond. We can yeah, reboot absolutely. any any fictional character. Can Spider Man over and over. <laughs> did you catch the Spectre trailer for the no. new James Bond? Oh no! I thought it was just going to be a teaser. Uh-huh. It's a full, nice full trailer. We watched it before you got here tonight. It was, oh. it was fun. <laughs> um. So, uh, how far along in, in playing the Definitive Edition are you? I'm like two stages away from the end of the game. And does it go by faster because you already know the gameplay? Yeah. Okay, uh, so it's not that much different. It, it's a game that you have to play it. You beat it once, and then something gets unlocked, and then you beat it again, and then you play it on the harder difficulty, oh. and then you unlock another thing, and then it oh. just keeps on going. Oh, that's right. I saw that in the, um, in the features. And they added on even more modes. There's even one called a turbo mode where you can play the game 20% faster than it already is. Fun. Oh yeah, so it's crazy. Crazy. See, I, I, um, never, I never feel like playing games again on a harder level because I'm like, I don't want to just have to play the same game killing the enemies with more mm-hmm. hits. Like, yeah. But something like that would be really fun because... That's a real challenge. Know, and yeah. the, the cool thing is like, uh, I remember like if you beat the game once on normal mode, you unlock Dante with white hair. If you beat it on the hard one, you get Dante in just a tank top. Oh. Like he, how he, in the very beginning of the game. Oh my god. He's so, so when he, at the very beginning when he gets attacked by this enormous giant creature with no nose, basically a vagina for a nose. Yeah. It's like a slit mm-hmm. down his forehead. Um, he rips the trailer in half and the force of it, he's naked and he flies backward into his trailer as it's being pulled towards the, towards the creature and he slides into his tank top. He finds his... You know, it's all in slow-mo, but mm-hmm. they have things blocking. Like, a, they have a baseball bat that blocks the cock shot. Oh, uh-huh. that's a, a slice of pizza. A slice of pizza <laughs> with a veiny crust. But can you... A veiny crust. <laughs> but can you see if his pubes are dark or white? No. No, I think he's clean-shaven. He there. doesn't have a what? lot... He does oh. not have a lot of body He's a hair. twink. I, like, I don't. I love it. <laughs> I like a good bush on, even if they're naturally smooth. Okay. Well, you can have your bush. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't show. He doesn't have a happy trail or anything like that. But Sad. there is something about his personality. It's very you know, sexy. It's very sexy. Like he just does not give a fuck. And if you ever look up the guy who does the voice, uh-huh. he's hot too. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to do like that. Like he almost looks just like him, but with blonde hair. Oh. I'll have to do that in my, in my private time. <laughs> like Dante. Oh, God. Oh, God, Dante. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's hardcore mode, which makes every stage harder. And they added a 
a kind of like a wave battle thing, like a survival mode for Virgil. So it's called Bloody Palace. Dante has one, but they just added one for Virgil. So you have to go like 60 floors of villains to fight with Virgil. Just to fight? Yeah. And then you can, uh, I think you could play as Virgil from the original time Virgil appeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Devil May Cry 3. So mm. you can get that outfit too. Oh. Uh, and the game is only 40 bucks. Nice. Now that is reasonable, as yeah. opposed to the order, yeah. <laughs> which I which saw, I didn't finish. Right, I gave it back to you. Steven just today. gave it back to Stephen yeah. tonight. And I'm going to trade it in, and they're only going to give me nineteen bucks for it. Nineteen dollars. I was like, really for a sixty dollar game? Yeah, fuck. No. That's only like thirty percent back. That how do they determine that? Uh, I think everyone Demands. trade in because yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like, this game sucks. Yeah, I beat it, and because like, everyone beats it in seven hours, right. it's like, but I'll just. Put it towards Mortal Kombat. And yeah. I think everyone's doing that. Because you get more back if you do like, credit. Yeah, if you do credit. Cool. That's the way it always Good. is. At GameStop. <laughs> Fuck those guys. So, But overall, they made a great game mm-hmm. even greater. Ah, cool. So I was very happy to get that as a birthday present. Yay. That's a good... That's a great <laughs> gift. Hint, hint. Yes. Uh, so... I don't know. Last time you did a review, you gave stars. Oh. Do you, would you feel like giving stars this on this one? No, this is a five out of five. Wow. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I originally I beat this game on like every mode, and now like oh, how to do that again? And there's more after that. <laughs> Guess I'll be busy <laughs> so, until more combat comes up. <laughs> right. So does Devil May Cry count as a, a role playing game? No, it's a action adventure hack and slash. Okay. Because in my opinion of a role-playing game, or what I mm-hmm. thought counted as a role-playing game nowadays, and I think there's some confusion about what a role-playing game for video games actually is. Mm-hmm. In Devil May Cry, you earn points that you can open up new abilities, open up new moves, you can improve your weapons, which I thought was sort of like the modern hallmark of a role-playing game in a video game. I mean, it seems awfully confusing. Oh, kind of like leveling up. Yeah, but maybe because you don't actually get to pick the look of your character. It's not like you're actually designing anything. So, uh, you, Adam, you brought in a list. Yeah, you know, there's over the years, the definition of a role-playing game has really changed, and a lot of other games have adopted mechanics from role-playing games to mm-hmm. make their games more fleshed out, I would say. Um, but let's start from the beginning. I mean, really, if we're going to dig into what a role-playing game is, I mean, the roots are really pre-video game. Absolutely. So, the, I mean, the first role-playing game, obviously, is Dungeons & Dragons. Dungeons & Dragons. <sighs> uh, now, you... Which have, I never played. You've never played that. No. Have you ever played it? I have not, but I've drawn pictures for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, it's so uh, open mm-hmm. that... It took a long time for there to be specific characters. I think the mm-hmm. cartoon Dungeons and Dragons was the first time they actually had specific mm-hmm. characters. But um, it was started in 1974 mm-hmm. by these two guys, uh, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. Mm-hmm. And they were into like miniature war reenactments, <laughs> but they were also sci fi fantasy fans. Uh-huh. And so through these war reenactments they started coming up with rules for a game and then though that game eventually morphed into what was the first edition of dungeons and dragons How fascinating it was sold for ten dollars for the three <laughs> books which is like the dungeon master's guide a player's manual and then a, a book of monsters i think uh-huh. 
Um, and then they would sell extra dice for the game at three fifty, because it it you know it uses a twenty sided die, it mm-hmm. uses a uh, four sided die, six sided die, eight sided die, ten sided die, um, so many dice. Yeah. So many, um, and they would sell them. I played this game first, I think, when I was in sixth grade, uh-huh. and. I don't even remember actually playing the game. What I do remember is that my mom was really opposed to it because she's very Christian. Oh, was it all satanic symbolism? Let me tell you, she cut articles out of the paper about it (laughs) and made us call, made me and my brother call Uh our friends to tell them that we couldn't play Dungeons and Dragons anymore because it was satanic. And it was so humiliating to have to call my peers. Mm -hmm. Basically to say, if I continue to play this game, I'm going to hell. And so are you. <laughs> you know? Because wow. they said... In fact, there was a woman... Um, I don't know where... You know, they always come up with these horrible acronyms. Back in 1982, there was this woman named um, Patricia Pulling mm-hmm. who started a group called um, BAD. B-A-D-D. Bothered about D&D. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. And her son, uh, you know, it's, it stems from a sad story. Her son had committed suicide, and I guess that this was one of the things that he enjoyed doing. Aww. But she blamed D&D for causing his suicide because it put the evil thoughts in him and whatever. But Aww. as a part of the court case that she then lost against the publishers of Dungeons & Dragons, a reporter was able to prove that the suicide rate uh, actually is extremely low in role-playing game hmm. um, people who play role-playing games. Um, But they even made a movie about this Mm -hmm. called Mazes and Monsters. It was a (laughs) made-for-TV movie with Tom Hanks when he was 26. And you can still get it on on, uh, DVD. But it was also loosely based on a real case. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a... In college, there was a group of role players playing a game called Mazes and Monsters. Two of the players started a romance. This third guy named JJ was sad about he felt like he was being left out like as if a threesome could be explored on tv right you know so he starts looking for a place to commit suicide and he comes across this like abandoned cave or some kind of catacombs (laughs) or something and instead of just exploring them he decides this would be a great place to hold a live action role-playing game larping larping and (laughs) While they're playing it, Tom Hanks' character experiences a psychotic break. He disappears, starts wandering the streets of New York, thinking he's a cleric. Uh And in the movie, he never recovers, and he spends the rest of his days living in his parents' house, thinking he's living in an inn. (laughs) And he pays for his room with a magic coin that appears on his counter, or on his nightstand every morning. God. And he never, you know, so yet something else to stoke the fires of fear right. against something, you know, and video games have faced, you know, a lot of similar, exactly. you know, oh, all their culture has faced that really comic books and every, I mean, all of it, <laughs> anything cool. Yeah. <laughs> any, any of the stuff we love. Yeah. Well, the Christians like to ignore all the violence that actually happens in their Bible. Right. <laughs> Would you like some John the Baptist on a platter? Right. Just the head, please. <laughs> Just the tip. Just the <laughs> just the tip. So, anyway, without Dungeons and Dragons and the way that's set up, where you mm-hmm. can pick—I mean, you, you don't get to pick your outfit. No, but like in Dungeons and Dragons, I mean, you basically design 
have the ability yeah. to design to design your character from scratch. You get to pick if you're a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a long time, they had orcs, elves. They they borrowed a lot from the Hobbit, and in fact, uh, Tolkien's people. I don't think they actually had to sue, but they at least did a cease and desist letter where they were like, you know, you can't. They I think they used even Hobbit. Oh, really? In the game. Wow. And so they had to take out all the references to, uh, you know, to um, the Lord of the Rings books. Yeah. Um, and, no uh, Ents. What? No Ents. Ents? The tree people. Oh. <laughs> I haven't actually read the books. Well, but they were in the movie. I don't know what they're called in the movie. They're called the tree people in the movie. No, the giant the Tree beard. <laughs> the giant Groots. The big, the big heads of broccoli. <laughs> I am tree beard. <laughs> <laughs> they were fucking cool, though. Um, and so without that, you know, how... so. Being able to pick your outfit, uh-huh. pick your class, if you're a yeah. paladin, if you're a warrior, if you're a cleric, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or drag queen. Or drag queen. I don't think there's been any. Although, I usually would play female characters in the game. And the guys that I would play with would end up getting all flirty <laughs> in the game. And, you know, I'm a boy sitting next to them, and they're, we're talking about hooking up in the inn at night mm-hmm. or something like that. It's crazy. Oh. This was all before I was, like, really out, right. you know. It was with church people too. <laughs> Yikes! It would be. No, <laughs> we we accidentally got stuck in the closet during the lock-in. No, yeah, right. No, no, none of that. That never happened. Not to me, anyway. Um, you did it wrong. <laughs> you did church wrong. I never went to church with anybody I thought was hot. Sadly, um, so. But yeah, so well, how does that translate to modern video game RPGs? Well, the first. RPG video games were really sort of built off of the, you know, it was the early days of the computers in the late seventies. Um, and so the first RPG video games were pretty much based really closely to Dungeons and Dragons. And even through probably all through the eighties, a lot of the mechanics of the, the role-playing games were so closely following the rules of, Dungeons and Dragons, but over, of course, over the years, as the technology for video games has increased, you know, it's, it's all changed quite a bit. But yeah. What are some of the early video games? Well, I, I'll tell you my first experience with a role-playing game. And I remember gym class. I was probably in fifth grade. <laughs> we had a roller, we had like a roller skating thing like in the gym where like they rented the like skating box from the local roller rink and like brought them into our school. And so like we would just like skate around the gym for, you know, an hour. That's cool. So yeah. I remember like with, you know, my really good friend at the time, his name was Derek. He had long hair and he wore Metallica t-shirts <laughs> And he told me about this game that he was playing, and I had a Nintendo at the time, but I had, this was like my first exposure to this game where he was telling me about all these different classes, you had this party, and every person in your party was a different sort of, you know, you, know, you have your black mage, your white mage, your fighter, your ninja, and then going, he kind of like, over this course of us, like we were skating around the gym over and over for like 50 minutes, he like sort of like talked about this whole game, and it was like so intriguing to me. And that was actually the original Final Fantasy game, which came out in 1987 for the Nintendo. Oh, oh nice. So um, that's, I, I would say Final Fantasy is probably the first big game, although it was, it came out just after the first um, Dragon Quest, also known as Dragon Warrior, depending where you played the game. Mm-hmm. They, uh, that just came out like the year before, which is, if, 
uh, where the slimes come from. It's like the little drop cartoon face with the smiley face, which is the en- one of the main enemies from Dragon Warrior. <laughs> which you'll see on like t-shirts and a lot of like nerd stuff if you go to conventions you'll see oh, like slimes on things I'll and that's what that's from because yeah. the drag the dragon um dragon quest series has gone on through like the 90s and the, i don't think they've done anything too recently but so what makes it a role-playing game is it that you can do you name your own character you can name all of your characters in the and and i i played the first dragon quest but i'm going to speak mostly to the first final fantasy right. and but and beyond this first final fantasy i'm not going to really talk too much about other final fantasies because there's so much to talk about with this series that we can save it for its own it has to episode be its own, yeah. <laughs> yeah which means i have yet another game that i have to play yeah but a, but a <laughs> lot of but a lot of these early role playing games you you usually had a party of, of four people although i think dragon uh, dragon quest you were just one person, hmm. and you had uh, between six uh, part uh, six classes, which is also a main theme of ro- role playing games. You have like you know your fighter class, you have like your magician class, usually right. black mage and white mage. Um, they also had a red mage, which is sort of in between, like a ninja class. You know, so all of these things, how you use your characters in the game yes. depend on sort of how you play the game. Well, and also, side note, that was an important part of D&D where Absolutely. you weren't, you couldn't, you didn't have to be just good or bad. There were so many grades mm-hmm. in between chaotic neutral, <laughs> true neutral, you know, chaotic, I don't think you could be like chaotic good, but um, yeah, actually you might have been able to. Yeah. But there were very, there were a lot of gradations and so mm-hmm. clearly that carried on into these other video games. Yeah, yeah. And depending on your class, you know, as you leveled up through the game, your abilities would increase. Um, but all, but behind the scenes, all of the same mechanics that were happening when you rolled a die, mm-hmm. um, like your attack was like twelve, and then the defense would be eight. You know, so all of that that math that uh-huh. went into playing Dungeons and Dragons was all happening behind the scenes within the computer programming of those early games. And was it random? It it was random. Uh, it, it was it was all built on, you know, like uh, it, it was built as if there was a dike being built. right, right, right. And yeah. then if you had a let's, I mean, I haven't played Final Fantasy, I know, mm-hmm. but if you have a sword, did they have like a plus one to hit or anything yes. like that? And so that all factors into the computations that are going on behind the scenes. Yes. Okay, yep. that's interesting. And as you get more weapons, they add more to your attack score versus mm-hmm. your defense score. And then, you know, you can get a like a shield that, if you use it as an item, would also, like, do a magic spell, you know? So all these things really stem from Dungeons & Dragons, which I think is how a lot of that stuff works. You yeah. Know, defense versus attack and, you know, magic attack versus magic defense and... Uh, agility versus all that kind of stuff, and and the turn base. Like, now it's your yeah, turn. Oh, right. yeah, and that's a really important part of the orig- of the first games is that everything was turn based, as if you were rolling a die, right? And then the enemy would like do their turn, mm-hmm. and so it would go back and forth. And and those early games, you really had to build a strategy. So it wasn't so much about you know hack and slash or like action. It was more about building a strategy in your mind. Right, and with Dungeons and Dragons, when you had, um, so they had pre-written adventures, and they were called modules. Mm-hmm. And you had a dungeon master that did the that did some of that behind the scenes rolling, mm-hmm. and he also did like non-player characters, like the innkeeper that you could interact right. with. Right, but which you, are also known as NPCs, right? For the acronym, right? NPCs. Um, 
if you, there was a simple act like opening a, an unlocked door, you mm-hmm. didn't have to roll for it. Mm-hmm. But if there was a door that was locked and mm-hmm. you had a lock picking skill, you yep. would have to roll for that. So doing a, above average or non-simple actions, complicated actions, you had to roll for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dungeons & Dragons is also a turn-based game. Um, not just people around the table taking turns, mm-hmm. but the game master would be the you know whoever you were fighting against. Right. Which was the actual computer right. once it became a video game. So the game master is the dungeon master is no longer necessary. He's no. been replaced. Exactly. He's been no outsourced. <laughs> <laughs> what else is on this little list of yours? So um, going through basically sort of the timeline of like how the the role playing games progressed. I mean, the, you know, they they sort of came to prominence in the mid to late eighties with the first like I would say good examples of role playing games. Um, Ultima was a Western role-playing game that that came out, which was uh, very hard, very difficult to play. Um, but then, really, in the in the '90s is when these games really became huge, and and because the technology of the systems became so much better, mm-hmm. you could do so many things in a role-playing video game that you couldn't do in a role-playing board game. Right. At this point in the mid '90s, that's when like Final Fantasy was really becoming big as they went through, you know, their up through like. Eight and nine were, I think, all in the nineties. Um, Mario had a had a role playing series called Paper Mario. I don't remember that at Isn't all. Isn't there one just called Mario RPG? There is. A, that's the original one, I think. Mario RPG, which was, I think, on Super Nintendo. Yeah. And then there's a Paper Mario series, which sort of took over from that. What makes those role playing games? It's turn based. Um, you have a party of characters. Um, Every character has like a different role mm-hmm. and you know, you play through like a map and then have dungeons and have, you know, towns where you talk to people and do side quests. So all of those things are really the the main points of what most modern role playing games are. Except for the real freedom to to do I mean, the thing about Dungeons and Dragons is that all you have to do that's the difference between the you know, these spoken word role playing games. Mm-hmm. That you literally could do anything yeah. as long as the dungeon master said, "Okay, I'll allow that." Mm-hmm. You know, you could say, "I want to pick up that bar wench and take her upstairs." Yeah, which I said never. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he would be like, "Okay, roll, and we'll see if your charisma, you know, enables you to pick her up." Uh-huh. Um, um, but that that's actually a, a really interesting point because at this, you know, once the the technologies became good, so that they're could be so much variety within this genre of role-playing game, Mm -hmm. you'll really see a distinct difference between what they call the Western RPGs and the JRPGs, which is the Japanese RPGs. Hmm. So what sort of happened was the Western RPGs, which then as you get into like the late 90s, that's when you start seeing like the Elder Scrolls, um, Baldur's Gate. um, That's, you know, most of those games you... They're more similar to Dungeons and Dragons, where you have a character, you start from scratch, mm. you pick your class, um, and then you know you really just sort of play through and have all these quests. And it, it was it was more similar to Dungeons and Dragons. But what was happening with the JRPGs is that <clears throat> they had these set characters that were available to you, and you could often customize them depending on the game, or mm-hmm. you know play with diff- play them as different roles, but they really were more focused on story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and a party and having, you know, this sort of ensemble play through the games, which to me, I was more um, drawn to at that, at that point because I, I love an ensemble cast. Seven, <laughs> seven Samurai. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was only good when she had her Scoobies, you know, right? <laughs> Um, and that's what all the all I think my favorite role playing games really involve is a compelling compelling characters uh-huh. and a compelling story and fun gameplay. So, do you prefer JRPG or Western RPG? I think in this era of like the the nineties, I definitely prefer JRPGs because I, I there's so much more of an emotional impact when you mm. play through the game. Um, but over the more recent years, going into the 2000s, and currently the JRPGs have really had a decline because what I what I think has happened is the Western RPGs have taken those the best parts of JRPGs and brought them into their own format. And at this point, you're going to start seeing you know a lot of the, a lot of the RPGs are really in a fantasy realm, mm-hmm. it, a la you know Lord of the Rings or Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. but. You know, you'll start seeing like Fallout, which is in you know an apocalyptic America, or Mass Effect, which is basically like Star Trek. You know, mm. um, Diablo, which is I guess sort of a um, a fantasy realm as well. But um, well, even some of these Telltale games, because yeah. you get to pick what you know, whatever you say has yeah. an effect on where the game goes. Yeah, and I would consider them. Um, not a true RPG, but mm-hmm. I would say probably an action game with RPG elements. Yeah. Although there's not a lot of action in the... Well, true. God, I sure love those games. I know. Though. I guess it depends on the game. Well, you brought up Borderlands 2 to me. Yeah. That yep. that's on that list. And we yeah. were, there was sort of some... Dis- I don't personally consider it to be an RPG, mm-hmm. but you do get like skill points. Yeah. That you can then spend on upgrading your um, mm-hmm. abilities. So, okay, because I played the first Borderlands, which to me was basically a straight-up first-person shooter, FPS yes. all the way. Right, that's how I So what what was different about Borderlands 2 that it would be considered an, RP, an RPG? I honestly don't know. I didn't consider it an RPG either. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't know why they would have put it on that list. Because mm-hmm. it's still, to me, it's still a shooter. You can pick the colors of your costume but you can't pick your own name Hmm. you know you can decide where to spend your skill points but that doesn't change the story it just changes the battle yeah um and to me being able to change the story is what makes it an rpg you know being able to slip into an actual role when i'm playing when i'm playing um borderlands for instance Mm -hmm. i don't feel like like I'm the character that I'm playing. I don't slip into it and try and think or strategize in the thinking. You're just following instructions, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I don't know why they would consider that to be an RPG. It doesn't feel that way to me. Hmm. I still love the games, but they're yeah. just shooters. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Well, and and when I was when I was researching different RPGs, there are specifically different subgenres within RPG. Of course, I mean as. As all of these games have spread out, and I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of role-playing video games out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I'm not mentioning your favorite, I'm really sorry, listeners. (laughs) There's just too many to mention. Well, they can mention them to us on our Facebook page. Absolutely. They can twat us. 
but there are there are there are a couple of games that I do want to mention just that I I feel like were were standouts and took uh, these two took the role playing genre to like a new area and one of them I want to mention is the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game. Mm. Uh, there was actually two of them: Knights of the Republic and Knights of the Republic Two. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise! Right, that makes sense. Um, and it took place a couple thousand years before Star Wars, but oh, you still okay. have Jedi. <laughs> right. You still have you know your ships where you fly still, around. You still, still have wear droids. the robes. Exactly. <laughs> Same fashions. Yep. But you have you know you have your your lead character that you. Um, build from scratch mm. and you get to pick what kind of class they are you know whether you're going to be and i think the, the three main sort of western classes are you have a warrior class mm-hmm. which is a offensive fighter mm-hmm. you have um the rogue class which is the um like the han solo uh so, more of like sneaking um stealth oh like a thief yes a ah. thief class yeah right. okay and then you have your um in the Star Wars game, it was basically like a full Jedi power set, but most uh, games, it's like your magician class. Right, okay. Um, and those are sort of like the three classes where everything else sort of stems from. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I remember seeing the trailer for uh, for that game, and it looked a, yeah. just like a lot of fun to be able to throw yeah. things around if you you know if you have enough powers. Mm-hmm. You know, and I the, could lift that ship out of the Dagobah swamp. <laughs> and as you progress through the game, you know you increase powers, then you get to select which powers you want. And so that to, those are the the true I think RPG elements where you get to shape what your character can do as you play through the game. Right, in profound ways. Yes, not just. You know, oh, I don't know. I mean, being able to up your attack certainly is a nice feature, right. but that doesn't, in a lot of ways, it doesn't really profoundly change the game. Right. But then those games, I think, were really the precursor to the Mass Effect. They were made by the same studio. And so both of those Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic games were, were quite good. But of course, I've talked about this before how much a fan of Mass Effect I am. Yes. That series is really where all those elements from that game just <clears throat> really came together in a perfect blend of sci fi action and great role playing building. Because also, you know, in these Knights of the Old Republic games, you could choose whether you wanted to go down the Jedi path or a Sith path. Right. But it really, the, 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 consequences of your actions really were more important in the Mass Effect series. So they really took that to the next level. Right. Well, I mean, it even dictates what kind of relationship you're going to end up having. Absolutely. I mean, that to me is what a role-playing game is all about. Yeah, yeah. Did you... Now, you said Kingdom Hearts was considered a role-playing game? You know, there are several games that are sometimes considered a role-playing game. I, I saw the Legend of Zelda series pop up on a lot of these lists. I personally do not consider Legend of Zelda a role-playing game at all. There are role-playing elements, but it's definitely an action-adventure. You can't really level up Link, but you do get upgraded items as you play through the game. But to me, it's not... The story is very preset. Right. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts is is really the same way. You you can level up your character in Kingdom Hearts, and you can sort of pick whether you want to be magician or um, offensive or defensive. But, you know... I wouldn't consider it a true RPG, but a game, an action adventure game with RPG elements. Yeah, because Kingdom Hearts is like one of the first ones where it's like the action was in real time. Yeah, 
Like, you didn't have to wait your turn. You could just go at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. right. But you could do your magic spells and stuff, but it would have to be, like, in real time. Mm-hmm. That was, a, that was a, as much as I love the Stick of Truth, mm-hmm. which is also, in a way, it's not really a role-playing game. Well, I, I actually think Stick of Truth is really true to the early role-playing games. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you do get to pick your class. You get yep. to pick your... Co- You're right. I'm starting to remember all this stuff Yeah, now. because you, you can play as... A fighter, uh-huh. a thief, a mage, or a Jew. <laughs> I played as the Jew and got some great weapons out of it. Good. I highly recommend playing as the Jew. <laughs> Isn't that where Carmen's like, oh, now we can't be friends. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a dick. Um, Your name is right. Douchebag. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And it was it was the turn-based yes. playing. It was the first time I'd ever played that. And mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell is this? Why can't I just yeah. go in and start wailing on him? Yeah. That took a lot of getting used to. But yeah. I did start to enjoy it after a while because it gave you a chance to eat cheesy poofs and gain health mm-hmm. back right. or heal your friend as your as your turn. Mm-hmm. Kind of your strategy. Yeah. So you're right. That really is, I think, in a lot yeah. of ways, like an ultimate RPG. Yeah, it was it was definitely an RPG homage to the early turn based role playing games. But with the Kardashians <laughs> abortion. <laughs> and Mr. Slave's ass. Oh again. <laughs> But what I one of the things that they that a lot of games have moved from in more modern versions, instead of having a turn based, they have a cooldown. So every time you use an action, there's a cooldown until you can use it again. Oh. So it's not like you can just go and wail at a, at an opponent. Um, you have to find another way to fight them. Well, it's like you will use an attack, but you can't use that attack again until it cools down. Right. So you have to pick another attack. Exactly. And so. And so in that time while it's cooling down, then the enemy could be doing their attack, oh. but then their attack has to cool down before they can use it again too. So it's sort of, it's, it's based in the, that turn-based realm, yeah. but it's really more of a real time so you can get that It's not quite so action. obvious. Exactly. And more is happening behind the scenes. Exactly. Oh. Steven, do you know of any role-playing games that you've played? Just Kingdom Hearts and a couple of the Final Fantasies. My first Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy VIII, mm-hmm. and then I played seven. Oh. <laughs> uh, but eight, I really enjoyed, especially like the the first boss or mm-hmm. first witch villain. What's her name? Idea. Idea. Yeah, she was fabulous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoyed like that boss fight, like the end of the first disc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it went downhill. <laughs> How long does it generally take to play a good RPG game? A month. Yeah. <laughs> right. I would say uh, Stick of Truth was really short. Yes. Um, but probably 20 hours to play everything. I would say to play through a, a normal role-playing game without side questing would probably take about 40 hours generally. Um, but especially with games like Skyrim, which mm-hmm. is a, a, probably the peak of like a Western RPG of the, of the last generation, hundreds of hours people been playing that game oh my Those god sky rimmers i could probably lose weight that way if i'm still <laughs> eating i could just play the game right so i have two things mm-hmm. i i looked over your list that you yep. had and nino kuni yeah is on there and that's always at like target yes their greatest hits for like 20 bucks yeah. so I, I think about getting it because i'm a fan of studio ghibli uh-huh. and um the or is it ghibli i always can't remember this. i'm not sure i, I thought I think it was it's ghibli, ghibli but oh who knows we're both wrong it's Where's Gublet. It's all Gublet. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gublet. It's um, I love My Neighbor Totoro, Princess yeah. Mononoke, Spirited Away. Such, And it's the same 
animators, right? Yes. It, it, the art direction, and there are actually animated scenes animated by Studio Ghibli Ghibli. <laughs> Ghibli Ghibli. Um, I consider Nino Kuni probably the best JRPG of the PS3 generation. Hmm. Um, it was really cool. There was a lot of Pokemon elements, which, you know, sometimes people, I saw that people consider Pokemon an RPG, but we're not going to talk about Pokemon. <laughs> I um, couldn't talk about Pokemon. I know. I, I, but that itself is its whole another Yeah, show. it's kind of its uh, own genre, I would say. Team but, Rocket. But Nino Kuni, you had, <laughs> uh, you get four characters throughout the course of the game, but each character has, um, what they call them familiars. So once you defeat an enemy, you have a chance to bring them over to your side. Oh. And then you can level up your characters and you can level up your familiars. Is it good for... It looks like it's good for kids. Yeah, it's definitely good for kids. Um, the art is so beautiful. Mm. The, uh, the art style, it's so unique to like a studio... Ghibli Ghibli style, <laughs> Wibbly wobbly. even in the you know the just the animated action scenes and like the overhead map is really beautiful. <clears throat> it's you, you have your world map, you have your towns, you have your dungeons, so it's very traditional RPG. In oh yeah, the dungeon is very traditional. Yeah, in your um, house, <laughs> and then you and then you have your enemies like in the world map, and you know so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of great stuff there. It takes a really long time. I mean, I probably played it sixty hours and still had tons of Post, post game stuff to do that I just decided was going to suck like, up too it. much of my life. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to move on. Got to um, play this stuff. Is there so? And I also noticed that that um, are there any good sequels coming up or anything that you're excited about in the RPG world? Yes, um, there was a couple uh, that I saw were coming down the pipeline. Xenoblade Chronicles X is one. The Xeno series, Xenoblade, Xeno Saga, Xeno Gears has been a, a big JRPG franchise for a long time. I actually haven't played any of them, but that was one I saw like a lot of people online were really excited for. Persona 5 is the same thing. Persona is another JRPG series that's been really popular. With gay characters. Mm-hmm. What kind of gay characters? I don't know. I never played it. <laughs> I just thought there's gay characters. And there's, they have a fighting game that's pretty cool, too. Oh. Go, go, bottom boy. Yep. Oh. Shirtless. Mm, and, then, and then the one that I think Steven and I are both excited about is Final Fantasy XV. And Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3. Although I don't know if it's really a true RPG. But. <laughs> Same RPG people. elements. <laughs> so Square Enix. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't, I don't know how much you know about Kingdom Hearts, but Kingdom Hearts All actually. All I know is that I think Disney characters are involved. Yes. Okay. It's, it's a mashup between Disney and Final Fantasy. Well, no wonder you love it. Yeah. So there are tons, and it's made by the. the by Square Enix that makes Final Fantasy. Oh, so everything's pretty. Yeah. Is Jack Skellington one of the characters you can play? Yeah, those whole Jack Skellington land. <gasps> yeah, you can oh, play Halloween Town. Every, so every world you play in it is a different. I played the Disney Power world. of Two. We're sort of oh, segueing yeah. <laughs> into Disney talk here. Disney. Uh-huh. Uh, it was very simple, simple play, but I enjoyed it because I really enjoyed the throwback. Oh, is to that all the these... Epic Mickey one? Yeah, is Ep- Epic Mickey 2. Yeah. Okay, I was like, what's my Epic answer? Mickey 2, The Power of 2. <laughs> and you play as Mickey and And Oswald, Oswald the Rabbit, who was Disney's first creation before he predated mm-hmm. Mickey. Mm-hmm. And um, you go into different areas of Disneyland. You know, it's connected by that train that goes around Disneyland. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of these days we'll have to do a whole Disney podcast and really queen actually, out. Actually, we probably could because there are a lot of Disney games out there. <laughs> Yeah, we could. Oh. oh, yeah, that reminds me that I 
just got another Disney Infinity figure. Which one? Yes. A Falcon and Loki just came out, so I just got Falcon. Oh, I and like then, Falcon. And you he could, looks hot. And you could get a disc to put underneath him to make him look like the Winter Soldier Falcon. Oh, cool. Oh, the with the so, gray suit? Yeah, so I was like, that's awesome. Nice. We'll have to, yeah, that'll have to be another podcast, because I want to talk about that game in particular yeah. and how, how neat I think it is. But Marvel Disney Infinity War. That's mm. right. So... <laughs> Now we're at that time of our show. Do you have one more thing to say? Well, I just wanted to sort of mention one thing about the whole RPG genre. Mm -hmm. And this is something that's probably well suited to another episode as well, but there's the whole population of people playing the MMORPGs. Oh my god. Which is the massively multiplayer You're online right. We never even games. approached that. Yeah, there's so... a whole DC Online, the new Infinite Crisis mm -hmm. thing that they're... World of Warcraft is still going on. Um, there's a new um, Marvel Heroes. Yeah, there's a there's a new um, EverQuest version that's supposedly being developed. I mean, there are the Final Fantasy thirteen is. Or, I'm sorry, Final Fantasy fourteen is still going strong. There's so many of those out there that more than you could shake a big giant wiener at. <laughs> Mist tried one. Mist. Yeah. Mist. You remember the game? Oh Mist? yeah, aren't they remaking Mist? I hope so. I love that game. I love the whole Mist series. Without even realizing that it just stands for the beginning of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and that's another podcast series. Yeah, I'd love to talk about mystery games, because I'm yeah. all about... Why there's no Columbo game yet, I don't know. <laughs> oh, <Columbo>. wait. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, wait, that's right. It's because not a lot of 60-year-olds are playing video games. Well, we have, there's Professor Layton. <laughs> Who's that? That's he's like solves the mysteries. What on what? Well, um, I have the I have one of the games on iPad, but it, he's like a, it's another Japanese one, so I think it's on Nintendo. Oh, all right. But we'll talk about that when we do our mystery game our mystery podcast. And that means that we have reached the final segment, which is what made us level up. I'll start. Okay. I'm very excited when the news hit that X-Files was going to have six more episodes. Very nice. That's $10. <laughs> yeah, please take it back. I'm, I'm not entirely surprised that it's only six episodes. Mm -hmm. um, it's 13 years since they last did it. We'll see mm -hmm. if any of the old magic is still there. They've mm -hmm. kept plenty busy. Yeah. You know, and in fact, um, pretty soon on CBS, um, Gillian Anderson is on Hannibal. Oh, cool. She's Hannibal Lecter's shrink. Oh, nice. And so right before that is going to be David Duchovny's new show called Aquarius. Hmm. So they won't be together, but they will be adjacent. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I just, I'm a big X-Files fan. Yeah, me too. That's really exciting because I think they can do better with a, a mini-series like this than they can with a movie. Absolutely, yes. They never have enough time to really get in-depth as they can with a, with a series. That's mm -hmm. what the magic was. We had all this nine years to, to really dig into them, mm -hmm. you know? So that's what made me level up. And, and you posted something on Facebook this week, too, about the <laughs> tweets from Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny, and it's... And they've actually done a lot of this sort of flirting back and forth. Uh -huh. It's 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 almost makes it more exciting to know that they're excited about it and that they're friends and they still have this kind of cool relationship um, going into seeing the show because just to knowing that knowing that a little bit behind the scenes makes it more exciting to me. He apparently has a very big penis, 
So and a giant sex addiction. So I would be excited <laughs> if I were her too, because just yeah. to be in proximity of the magic wand <laughs> would be quite exciting. Yes. I wonder if they're going to make her go full redhead again, though, because in in the last movie she was much more of a blonde than a hmm. redhead, hmm. and I always loved her. I didn't see the last movie. Her fake red hair. I, heard, I own it. If you want to borrow it, I would like to watch it at some point. But I heard it. It's okay. Might make me sad. I don't know why. I don't know why it would be. Just that because it wasn't that good. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a movie. Bro, like, what yeah. happened in it? <laughs> no, just yeah, because I, I agree. Like, I was an X Files fan to the very end. I watched it even through the Robert Patrick and Annabeth Gish years, and yeah, I still right? liked it. Yeah, the show would have been great if they had just let Mulder and Scully retire yeah. together and yeah. maybe come back for the end uh-huh. because I think the two agents that took their place yeah. had great chemistry together me too and basically just flip-flopping their roles where he was so, more like Scully where he didn't believe mm-hmm. and um, Agent Ray's I think was her name uh-huh. the Annabeth Gish yeah she was more like Mulder where she was the believer yeah you know I love that flip-flop and it seemed a lot of times that Scully just kind of got in the way and yeah. Annabeth Gish got the short shrift yeah yeah um, so I'm, I'm very excited. I can't wait. Yay, it can't come soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> All over your face. All over my face. Oh, and I also heard there was a good podcast called The X-Files Files. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's nice. dedicated to, when the person mentioned it to me, I thought they were making a mistake. <laughs> so I had to ask again, what nice. was it called? It's called The X-Files Files, and I'm going to start listening to it. Cool. Steven, what made you level up? This week I have three things. Three things? <laughs> Two of them are really short, though. Ugh. Okay, so I'll go through the short ones really fast. All right. So the first one is, as uh, some of you saw on Facebook today, the very first Deadpool outfit yeah. for the movie. Looks awesome. And he looks terrific. The outfit looks great. Yeah. But... And then the pose, like, straight out of the comics. Right. In front yeah. of the fire, and he's on the bearskin rug. Yeah. This is the first time I've been excited about this Deadpool movie, mm-hmm. to be honest. Well, they, you know, I think the leaking of that footage from where wherever it happened, I think that that really helped out a lot. It because, pushed it over, yeah. Yeah, because they saw, people at Fox saw, oh, people are interested in seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I mean, I did watch the footage online, mm-hmm. and it, it did look rough, but... It looked like it could be a very fun, fun, crazy movie. Yeah. So, so that was that's pretty cool. That got me really excited. And my other little one is that on Tumblr. There's a, if you watch the show The Flash. Oh yes. Uh, there's there, there's a little page called the the Cisco Chronicles, <laughs> and it's all like Cisco's stories of his day to day dealing with all the inmates in the their prison that they have. Oh, funny. And oh. all that, and then him like flirting with like. Peekaboo and all this other stuff, and it's really fun. So I want to I want to catch up and read all of those. Yeah, I always wondered how they fed them. Yeah, they, how they, did, where do they go to the bathroom? Right? Yeah. Where do they sleep? They're in like a capsule. I think they talk about that in the the the, the Tumblr. So, oh. so I have to go read the rest of them. But I was like, definitely put up a link to that yeah, on that, the on our Facebook page great. or something because yeah. I want to watch it. I want to read it too. It sounds like a great idea. And it's all his humor. So I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So my last thing is. Since um, getting ready for Mortal Kombat, I'm reading the prequel comic that leads up to the game, and they're like on issue twelve already. Yeah. How often is it coming out? Uh, like I feel like it, like every week or something, but mm. it's like digital. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they have the comics too, but at every comic shop, they're all selling out. Wow. wow. Yeah, so you pretty much have to get it digital because they they'll sell out, uh, and they're actually really good. Do you can you think who writes them at this point? Um. I don't remember. You don't pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, fuck it. 
the artwork is cool. <laughs> but it's cool because you see the story of like some of the, some of the new characters are the children of past characters, such as so like uh, one of the main girls is called Cassie Cage, and she's the mm. daughter of Johnny Cage and Sonya. Oh. Um, and then there's a girl named Jacqueline. She's the daughter of Jax. Oh. And they're part of like a special forces team. Wow, my mind's being blown. I thought that Sonya and Jax were like... They were partners, but they weren't lovers. Oh. All right. Torn between two lovers, <laughs> acting like a fool. But what's cool in the comics is that you see past Mortal Kombat characters that weren't in the game in a while, like a while mm-hmm. and you see them interact with the new characters and then they, them going at it. Oh, cool. Like, there was a cool one where, like, Cassie was doing, like, a cage fight. And she was fighting Frost, a female Sub-Zero that was in, like, one game, like, a while ago. So it's cool to see her again, but in the comic book. Cool. So it's kind of like how they did the Injustice comic book. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, like, the year before the game came out. Oh, cool. So it's like that. You know, and I think it's an interesting thing to note that the comics that are selling the best are the ones that are connected to video games. Mm -hmm. Hmm. But, yeah, Injustice and Mortal Kombat, they're actually really great. The no, re- I know. Really good. Well, I think that DC really overlooked how good Injustice was going to be, and they gave the writer a lot of free reign because he's basically creating his own yeah. world. Yeah, and they're like, wow, this is not selling our normal stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, Fuck. Atten- attention must be paid. Right. Mm-hmm. Adam, what made you level up? Well, since I my world was wrapped up in catching up on my TV, right. I watched all of Empire over the past week, ah. which just actually finished its first season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's become a huge hit. It's broken Nielsen ratings. It has gone up from the premiere every single week that it's, it aired. And it's the only episode to have ever done, or the, yes. the only series to have ever done that. Yes, in the history of Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so telenovela <laughs> awesomeness. <laughs> Um, it's but, got a fantastic gay character on it. Yes, and and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about was that the the it's basically Terrence Howard and Taraji Henson are the the two parents of this uh, family of three sons. The family owns a hip hop empire called Empire Records, mm-hmm. um, and so he's basically trying to groom one of his sons to take over the company. That's sort of the general premise. It's sort of loosely based on King Lear, Shakespeare's King Lear, right? Uh, I think I thought it was Richard the 3rd. It's loosely based on Shakespeare's Richard the 3rd, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm all up on this. Uh, but they actually make a joke about that in the first in the pilot. Oh, they do. Like he's like, "Oh, what is this King Actually, it might be King Lear. He's like, "Oh, what is this King Lear?" whatever it is. Um but yeah, so the middle son is the gay one and of mm-hmm. course, you know, the father is all like ashamed of the son and but um, there's a nice arc about the son, the gay son's, um, you know, basically getting his father to accept him. And and what I like about it is that there's been some past shows on TV that have really hit the gay angle really hard. Mm-hmm. And it makes it sort of tough to swallow because it doesn't seem realistic. It doesn't really seem like people actually talk to people that way or like deal with the gay issues that way and this one seems much more natural on that front to me i mean it is sort of overt but it's it it makes more sense to me and there's a lot of really great music in it so i recommend watching it cool and another news we killed looking yeah by talking about it last time i'm sure we it's our fault it was rushed to its demise yep (laughs) now it's just dying yeah but i feel like that when we talked about looking on Gamer X, 
uh, GamerX is way better than it was in looking. Oh, I'm really <laughs> in, in real life, really GamerX <laughs> is like the bomb. And then I was like, what What happened? <laughs> what, what is this? This is like Gamer Z. Z, it, was, Z, Z. it was like GamerX, one of their rooms. <laughs> Gamer Z. Yeah. I am sad though that that it did get canceled. There, you know, you did you see that they are ending it with like a, a, a movie movie special, sure, which is good. It's nice that they get a chance. As to if sort we of would ever think Patrick would actually just like die. Right. I don't know what you know. Does Dom get his own restaurant? Who knows? Who cares? Who cares? Right. Hashtag boring. <laughs> right. well, that's all the time that we have for today. Let us know what you think of the show on Facebook, on Twitter, um, and. Um, Until next time, game game on. on!